Christmas parties can be so much fun if you have them at the right place. Where's your company Christmas party this year? Or your family Christmas party for that matter? It ought to be at the same place where folks have been having birthday parties, weddings, baby showers, even Thanksgiving dinner at the Banquet Room at the Sayre Golf Course. It's a really nice facility, and it's reasonably priced. If you need a nice place for a nice event, use the Sayre Golf Course Banquet Room. Four. Now to the actual golf part of the Sayre Golf Course. There's still time to get nine or 18 holes in. The question is, can you actually find the fairway? Swinging away and just hoping for the best leads to triple-digit scores. If you want to test your ability to make golf shots, come over to Sayre. The layout of this course requires precision. Do you have that club, that secret weapon in your bag? It's technically called the Sayre Golf Course. Locals just call it Sayre National. It's in the city park on the south side of town. Throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Monday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports, right here on 98.1 FM. The Sports Animal, glad to have you along for the next hour. Jared and I are hanging out over at Sayre National, Sayre Golf Course, in the uh, sports bar side of the clubhouse. We're telling you all about the things that are going on. Man, what a beautiful morning to start out. There's already some golfers. I saw, I saw some guys... Uh, that have made their way all the way to the fourth green or probably on five, maybe in the middle of five fairway if they hit good tee shots uh, already. So a great morning. It's going to get up to like 70 today. So there's no sense anybody out this way of not stopping by the Sayre Golf Course, get you 18 holes in and stop by uh, the sports bar, hang out. You can watch Monday Night Football here. Also the uh, banquet room in the back. If you're still looking for somewhere to have your to host your Christmas party for your company, uh, it's a perfect spot uh, here at the Sayre Golf Course. Sayre National, uh, as uh, the locals will call it. So uh, we'll tell you all about that stuff throughout the day. Jared and Aaron, how are you doing, Jared? How was, how was your weekend? You're muted. There we go. Okay, so, so we got new equipment here, yes. and so I need to go over everything I just did over the weekend. Yes, do okay. it again. Do yeah. it again. I hung the Christmas lights. <laughs> Got those, and they all with without any problems, other than I was short a strand, a roll, I guess. So I went ran the Walmart, hoping they'd have the same type of Christmas lights, and they did. Plug those in, and uh, all working good to go. And then, like I said, Saturday I had uh, Saturday night I had um, another Thanksgiving dinner. Had a turkey and mashed potatoes and the whole fixing. So had a good time Saturday night, and. Uh, Shout out uh, a day late, but yesterday was my dad's birthday, so I uh, went and saw him yesterday, gave him uh, his birthday gift, hung out at his house for a little bit, and came home and watched some football. What's up? <laughs> the text line is uh, jokers on a Monday morning. Why? Because I can't hear Atha, can't hear Atha. It was better before. <laughs> <laughs> With that said, I'm done. <laughs> 
So you got ouch. You know what I learned over the weekend? What did you learn? I learned that Tim, which is our elf on the shelf. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I learned that Tim will not show up unless you have Christmas spirit in your house. Okay. So he he was not showing up before? He, or? Not until we put up the tree. Oh, okay. okay. Gotcha. That's what I learned. Tim was not present until we put up the tree and put up some Christmas decorations. So you got the tree up? And then, bam, there he showed up. There he is. Hanging out in stockings and, and, and stuff. So you're telling me that's how to get the elves out of the house. Just take everything down. Take everything down. I think that's right. Okay. At least At least at our house. That it turns out that that's that doesn't happen so until our elves are lazy. Sometimes they forget to move. I know. <laughs> yeah, eat a couple of too many candy canes yeah, I, the night before. Wake up and go. Oh, there they are again. Hopefully, it's not peppermint schnapps. <laughs> <laughs> it's just candy canes or bonbons or something. <laughs> yeah, I learned that this weekend. I did not know that. That's news to me. Maybe he's. I don't know. He may be. Our elves. Keep, and I, I said elves. We got two. You of got them. two of them. We what are their names? A, we got. We got Buddy, Buddy the Elf. Why not, right? You have to name an elf Buddy. I get it. And um, we have a pink one. It's a, so it's a girl elf. And so Katie named the first one. Mm-hmm. James got to name the second one. And because it's pink, her first thought was, well, I'm going to name it Pinkalicious. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> so Buddy and Pinkalicious roam our house at night. <laughs> I always wonder what they do. Oh, I don't know. Do you think they just change spots, or do you think they kind of go rummaging around? Oh, they're through, they're through stuff? Uh, they're ornery. They're ornery. There's been times we've they've left a mess before. Yes, yeah. uh, Tim is the same way. Yeah, I kept thinking the dog did it. No, it's those elves. Two elves. Two of them. Yes. Man, I bet you sometimes they do get tired of playing throughout the day or throughout the night, and they for, they just go back to where they started. You know what? They went to school on Friday. Did they really? Yeah. In a jar. That way, they were, they were still not touched. Not touched. I wonder what happens if you touch it. Yeah, they lose all their magic. Do they just go away? They just, or they it. just stay there, they just lose wherever all their magic. they're at? I'm told if you touch them before Christmas, they lose all their magic. You know, a couple of years ago, when Tim left, he forgot his hat. Yeah, Buddy's lost his hat a couple of times. Forgot his hat. And so the hat... He he put it on. So Kara's won uh, the the do wackadoo race out at Sandy Sanders. Um, okay. Yeah. Refuge. Yep. The the run. And Tim decided to hang his hat on the trophy. The trophy looks like a. I don't really know what it is. Some sort of like chupacabra looking animal. <laughs> and Tim hung his hat on the top of that, and so it stayed there for the entire year. Isn't that wild? Yeah, that's crazy. Pretty wild. Did did you hear? Uh, we'll have Jim on later here at nine thirty. Did you hear them talking about Christmas movies? No. On Friday. No. I was they they ran down busy. their favorite. Uh, they, they ran down their favorite Christmas movies on Friday. Okay. What's yours? You have like a top two or three? Oh yeah, um, Christmas Vacation. Uh, that's up there. You I, realize last week was the thirty uh, third yeah. anniversary of that being released. Yeah. I think it was Thursday. I think it was December first. That's um. That's a. It's turned into a tradition in our house on Christmas Eve. We, uh, me and my wife, turn that one on, and while we get ready for Christmas after the girls go to bed, we yeah. turn that one on. That's always been a tradition, 
And, you know, and then favorites. I was just thinking about this one last night. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? That's the debate for another time, right? The uh, this this debate happened last week because a Friends episode came on last night, and it was one with uh, Bruce Willis in it. And it occurred to me, I was like, "Man, I haven't watched Die Hard this Christmas. I need to watch Die Hard." But uh, I mean, the entire thing takes place at a Christmas party. Sure. Yeah. Doesn't really have much Christmassy th- many Christmassy things. Nah. The the director of it said no. The director said, said no. It, it is placed at a Christmas party, but it's not. Just it was because never it's intended placed during to be yeah. a Christmas movie. Yeah, um, you know, I like Christmas Story. It's always, you know, you turn that on on Christmas Day, you're going to find it on repeat. Um, I'm racking my brain. Other great, fun Christmas movies. I mean, those are the two or three that I can think of. How about you? I have a top three guaranteed. You have a top three. Yes. Okay. Number three. Christmas Vacation. Sure. Yes. Number two, Elf. Yeah, Elf is great. And number one, It's a Wonderful Life. Um, yeah, it is a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. It's a is to me yeah. the quintessential Christmas movie. So we've got to vote for Home Alone. Wonderfully long movie. Uh Home Alone's a good one. Wonderfully long movie. I just can't get into that movie. I never could. Never could. There's a new one out that I thought I'd get into because I love both these actors. You mentioned Elf. Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds are in it. It's heard, called, called Spirited. Heard it's good. Thought it looks, but it's a musical. Yeah. Dancing and singing. Uh, not for me. Bad Santa. <laughs> Bad Santa. <laughs> Bad Santa's a good one. Uh, you know. Yeah, we can go on and on. There are, there, there are good ones. There are okay ones. There are oh, bad the, ones. The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. That is a good one. Yeah. I enjoy that one. Yeah. I guess he came out. There's like a series now. Yes. Christmas Chronicles. That was one that was maybe in Netflix not too long ago. Was he in that maybe? Possibly. can't remember. Um, the uh, Polar Express, the, the, the animated one. Mm-hmm. Never really got into that until my kids came around and, and started watching it. They love it. It's, it. That's a fun one. Pretty cool. <laughs> Old people in musicals. Are on the list of things you don't like. Oh wow, <laughs> man! The text did, line is old, it's the, the text line is Henri today. Ten minutes into the show, <laughs> shots at Jared today. <clears throat> Interesting. What about Scrooged? With Bill a, Murray, are you a Scrooged guy? Am I? Yeah, I like that one. I like uh, Bill Murray. Anyhow, two two five nine six nine eight. A bunch of you know the text. <laughs> yeah, line. you don't need to get the number out. <laughs> Two two five nine six nine eight. We'll talk college football. We'll hit some high school basketball uh, from the weekend, and then of course Jim will be showing up at nine thirty. Get his thoughts on all things around the sporting world. Uh, high school basketball on Friday night. Uh, you were at Merritt, the season opener for the Oilerettes and the Oilers against Canute. Tell us a little bit about how those games went. Um, I expected. Good games, and that's what we got. The first game, the Canute girls trailed most of that game, and um, came back and won it 42 to 41. Uh, they outscored Merritt 15 to five in the fourth quarter. These are unofficial; these are on my notes. But uh, I mean, it turned into a game where Canute couldn't hit anything from outside. They just hit a couple of three pointers, one from uh, Mia DeGarmo and the other from Jade Gray, and that was it. And, and you know, I don't want to say they live and die by that by the three ball, but 
if no one can hit it, it they can struggle. And they did on Friday night, but they found. But then I was thinking about it on the way home. Good teams find a way to win, and they they found a way to win in a tough environment there at Merritt. And uh, Kylie Smith was a big reason why. She had 26 by my count. Um, she had uh, two, four, six, eight, nine of the 26 in the fourth quarter, and, and none more important than the go-ahead bucket with 4.4 seconds left on the clock. Um, but man, Merritt is good. Uh, I was wondering what they'd look like after that state tournament run last year. Uh, who do they would they lose key players and in, in, um, who would they return? And they got a deep bench. Uh, Coach Doherty uh, rotates them in about three at a time. What I noticed, and, and that's smart. You know, when you have uh, capable players, you can keep your legs fresh, especially early in the season. And he has a special one in um, Marley Monk. She's a freshman, had 15 points. Uh, what one, two, three from outside? I'm that girl's a player. Uh, keep an eye on her for the for the next four seasons including this one because she's she's going to be a big reason why Merritt succeeds but that not to take away from the others too um, um, uh, from Merritt it's Riley Hartman and uh, Addison Hartman um, uh, the duo there pretty good but um, um, once Canute figured out how to shut down Marley Monk because she had 15 but all in the third quarter uh, she couldn't get anything to go in in the fourth quarter and then like I said Kylie Smith took over uh, to edge out Merritt and that's probably a preview of uh, – that's probably game one of, of two in a week's time if um, things work out in the five-county because it looks like they're bound to meet again. That's That was a fun game. Second game, kind of the same situation. Canute boys just uh, – they trailed Merritt most of the way uh, throughout the game. Um, and ir- I mean, I kept saying it on the broadcast, this feels just like the girls' game because Canute was having trouble hitting their shots from outside until the fourth quarter where they were able to cut it to three – uh, with an opportunity to tie it, but uh, Canute was out of timeout, so there was nothing really set. Uh, it was just, let's get it in and try to get a shot off, and they couldn't, and uh, Merritt would hold on the win 47-44. to 44. So I said it Friday morning. Um, I had a feeling that was appointment basketball. Tune in to watch that one or go there and watch it. Good crowd for both teams were on, on hand, and, um, I, you know, these two teams, both boys and girls get together. You, you're promised some good games, and, uh, good quality basketball, too, from, from both teams. I was impressed. I'm impressed with Merritt, both boys and girls. Merritt boys are tall and long. The wingspan. You have to be absolutely 100% sure on your passes because they were tipping a lot of passes, and you have to be sure on your shot, too. you got to shoot over it. And um, um, and like I said to Merritt Oilerettes, uh, athletic, they're fast, tough, and uh, deep bench, and, and some promising young talent for Coach Doherty. Should be a fun season for the Merritt Oilers and Oilerettes. Yeah, other scores on Friday. Arapo Butler on the girls' side knocked off Burns Flatdale City 53-30. to uh, Let's see. Hollis beat Navajo. That was kind of a, a little bit of a surprise probably uh, with Hollis beating Navajo hmm. maybe. Girls? On the girls' side, yeah. Yeah, that's a little shocker. Is it? I don't know. Coach- I mean, Hollis is new – to our radar, you know, we, we well, keep Well, they struggled on. against Blair in the first game and then come back and beat a, a state tournament team from Class A a year ago. Oh. Uh, I don't know what Timmy's got coming back, but uh, so that that was a good win for the the Hollis Lady Tigers. Uh, Leedy hammered Buffalo. Uh, Hammond beat up on, on Visai on the girls' side as well. Uh, you mentioned the five county. I can't wait uh, coming up on Thursday uh, where you see all these teams in the same place and uh, coming out. Of the five counties Saturday, you get a better idea. I mean, I, I think we'll we do it every year. It feels like once once that five counties over, 
Uh, you get to see all the teams kind of uh, in their element together uh, from out here in, in West Central Oklahoma. And you get an idea of who is kind of for real, at least early on, uh, as far as teams that, that have chances and, and, and kind of look like they may be destined to make state tournament runs and even further uh, once they get into the state tournaments. So I, I cannot wait for the five county. It's no. going to be some good stuff. Friday, once you, you know, there, there might be some duds on, on Thursday just because there's some teams that are overmatched. Uh, but come on, come in on Friday. It's going to be some good stuff, uh, the semifinal round. And even, honestly, even the consolation side where, where teams get better matched up uh, with, with abilities, you know, mm-hmm. there, there can be some really good games uh, all the way through on Friday and then, of course, Saturday with the consolation, third place, and then the championship game. I, I can, we'll, we'll talk about more what we think might happen uh, throughout the week here leading up uh, to the five counties over in Arapaho this year. So it's going to be fun. I uh, can't wait to, to see kind of how that thing shakes out. Elk City-wise, man, the Elkettes had every opportunity to knock off Weatherford on Saturday afternoon. Uh, trailed 35-28 going into the fourth quarter. Elk City scored them 12-0 in the first six minutes of the, of the fourth to take a five-point lead with about a minute 50 left. And then Jordan Hoffman just went crazy. She knocked down a couple of free throws, uh, hit a three, got a steal and a layup, and all of a sudden Weatherford was up two, and the Elkettes just never could get all the way back with a tie or even take the lead at the end. They had a chance to tie it uh, and turned it over on the last possession without being able to get a shot off to either tie or, like I said, take the lead or maybe even win the game uh, with a three. But a, a, a vast improvement uh, for the Elkettes against Weatherford because that's been a, a, a team that really has just pounded Elk City over the last three or four years, five years, uh, dating back to the uh, – I was trying to think the last time the competitive game was played – on the girls' side of that thing, and it was clear back at the the Wheat Capital Tournament at Kingfisher years ago in the final, um, and that's been the last time that that the Elkheads were, were competitive against Weatherford. So man, it it stings not to be able to finish that thing off when you got that lead at the end. But ah, low hanging fruit was right there. <laughs> it was, yeah, it you know, it, it was right there to win. Just couldn't quite close it out. So what do you make of that? Before we move on to the boys, they they handled Ardmore with ease, uh, but it's still a team out of 5A, and then they hung with one of the contenders in 4A. Are we looking at a pretty improved, more improved special-type team out of Elk City Elkats? I think that remains to be seen. I, I definitely think what, I know, what I've noticed the first couple of games is improvement athletically. Mm-hmm. I think that they've done a really good job. Coach Ham has got them uh, in the weight room. And and they just look a bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, well, there, a lot of the names I'm hearing, same, same names ones. are on that That's softball right. team too. Yeah, there's yeah. A, there's some softball players for sure. Um, <clears throat> but I, I just think they're athletically, they look stronger, they look faster uh, than they have in the past. And so uh, I think it's a promising start for sure. I mean, obviously you'd like to get that win, but uh, playing Weatherford that close, uh, Weatherford was without a couple of starters. Um, that'll be there uh, after Christmas, I think, uh, for sure, with uh, Addie Hoffman. And then um, and Kate and Daniel uh, was was not available. So it wasn't the full-strength Lady Eagles. Uh, but at the same time, <clears throat> it was a really nice performance for the Elkettes. On the boys' side, it was just uh, Weatherford got out 22-4. to Tate Sage went crazy in the first quarter uh, with three threes. I think he had 11 of the of the 22 in the first quarter. And, and of course, when you look at that starting lineup, man, the four guys that are listed at six six in the Weatherford starting lineup—that's that's tough to to combat for anybody, <laughs> much less uh, you know the Elks that are that are size challenged 
uh, to be quite honest. But uh, the Big Elks fought. <clears throat> they really kind of they got behind against Carl Albert, and, and that was it. But in the middle two quarters, Elk City outscored Weatherford by, let's see, it was 22-4. to four. And then going into the fourth quarter, I think it was a 12-point lead. So they in the middle two, second and third quarter, you know, the Elks had the advantage. Uh, Cole Bowie got going. Caden Dunlap got going. Uh, Cooper Church was there. The, the names that you expect to be vital for the Elks were, uh, but they were just uh, unable to get back all the way. I think they – he scored the first eight out of halftime to cut an eight-point lead down – or 16-point lead down to eight, but that's as close as they'd get as Weatherford kind of put the hammer down in the fourth quarter um, and ended up winning that game. I like think 65-41 was the final. But uh, encouraging signs for both Oak City basketball teams for sure. Let's take a break. Come back. We'll uh, mention the – get a little bit into the college football playoff. Uh, the, the committee decided yesterday who would be in it. Old games announced and all kinds of other stuff as well. Jim Faber coming up in the last segment at 9.30. Skinny on Sports on location at Sayre Nationals. Sayre Golf Course coming back next. You know the only thing better than watching the game? It's watching the game with your friends. It's game night, so you head to your favorite spot. The game's on all the huge TVs. Several people you know are already there, and they've come for the same reason. It's game night, and the game's on all the huge TVs in the room. A lot of the men are there with their wives. Everyone's having a great time. Eating, drinking, laughing, and of course yelling at the refs. The bartender's great too. She seems to know what the regulars want before they even order. Maybe we shouldn't tell anybody about this little jewel in Sayre so it doesn't get too crowded. It'll be our little secret. Ah, why not? Let's risk it. It's the sports bar at what's technically known as the Sayre Golf Course. The locals call it Sayre National. It's in the park on the south side of town. So don't watch the game at home alone tonight. Go where there's food, drinks, and huge TVs. The game's a lot more fun if you'll watch it with friends. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM. The Sports Animal hanging out at Sayre, a golf course in the, in the uh, sports bar side of the clubhouse. There's already golfers out there. We're about to – shouldn't be long here till we see that group that was out coming up. Uh, number eight. Looking around here, you know who they were. I didn't. Can I couldn't tell. Who? I couldn't tell. Uh, but those guys are out there enjoying a beautiful morning uh, here at Sayre. Come on out! It's going to be a gorgeous afternoon. Perfect day uh, for December golf uh, coming up here at the Sayre Golf Course. Jared, were you surprised with the way the college football playoff committee? No. Decided uh, to to put the top four. I, I know you you were because kind I of, called it, didn't I? Yeah, you were of the idea that if TCU lost, they were out. Uh, no, you, I said if a TCU loss and coupled with a USC they loss, win. Not, lost they would that, be. That the scenario was Michigan win, Georgia win, TCU lose, USC lose. What would happen? And that was the scenario. And I said I think TCU stays in, and I think Ohio State jumps in. And I think TCU stays at three or goes to three, and Ohio State goes to four because they don't want a uh, Michigan Ohio State rematch in the semifinal, and that's what happened. So, but but if it was a USC win and a TCU loss, that's where I thought that uh, okay, that opens the door for Ohio State, maybe even a little bit of the conversation of Alabama. But um, no, I, I think with the, that scenario that played out this weekend. 
it happened the way I thought uh, it would happen. Friday night, USC. But, uh, but, uh, to, to, to defend myself, I kept going against – I kept going with – Brand names. Brand name. And if it was just TCU losing. But it did help, and I think I said this too, if it was – and it happened this way. If they lost in the manner how they lost when they – it was, you know, an overtime loss. And, and there was even some talk as soon as that game was over is that Sonny Dykes knew, okay – we're in the overtime, you know, going forward and forth down and all that, knowing win or lose, we're probably okay and still going to be in the playoff, knowing that USC lost too. But that, if it was just was the key. if it was just them though with suffering the loss, I think we'd get. That's where I would have been more worried if I'm uh, TCU. But if they got blown out, I mean, they're there. It's uh, that. Think about that. You know, what if Kansas State comes and just blows their doors off? Do you think that changes the perception of uh, TCU inside the playoff with I don't. the loss? I don't. I think the fact that as soon as USC lost on Friday, I think they were done. They, that I, was, I, I think it was set in stone. Mm-hmm. I think the order was set in stone no matter what happened because of, like you said, they didn't want a Michigan-Ohio State re- rematch in the in the first round. And, and I think that that made it. Uh, there hasn't been a two-loss team in this playoff yet, and there's not going to be as long as it's four teams. And that was made blatantly obvious. Yeah. And as we talked about kind of joking around, but it came to fruition exactly like we thought would happen. Sure enough, as soon as USC loses on Friday night, who is all over your TV screen but one Nick Saban. Yep. And for him to say that TCU's loss to a bad team is a joke. I know he has to get out there and politic for his team. I get it. But what a freaking joke. Yeah for him to sit there and act like a loss in, 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 a, in a championship game in overtime to a top-10 team is a bad team. Give me a break, Nick Saban. Get off my screen. You know what's a bad loss? Losing to, uh, to, losing to a four-loss LSU. Yeah. That's a bad loss right. with the way that they played against Georgia. What a, have you, got dro- have got you ever seen a play? What, what, what in the world is LSU doing on that block field goal, what are they doing? <laughs> I don't know. The dude from Georgia, even the the one that ended up running it back for a touchdown, even he looked knew. over. Yeah. He looked over at the at the side his own sideline, going, "What is happening? Can I pick this up and run it?" Yeah. There was yeah. nobody on the field. Nick Saban, listen, I get it. You have to do what he did, and I I bet you he didn't even want to do that right. you know, the way he is. But to say it's a bad loss to a bad team, come on, man. Come on, man. It, uh, it's just – Yeah. The, it's even more of a joke that they're ranked ahead of Tennessee, to be honest with you. Well, it, it, if it really came down to a two-loss team, how I, I get that the one – the only argument you can make in favor of Alabama over Tennessee is the fact that Hendon Hooker's hurt. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the one argument you can make because the teams aren't the same as they were sure. when Tennessee beat Alabama earlier this season. But if we're using the argument for body of work, an entire season right. of work, Tennessee's resume is more impressive than Alabama's. They beat them on the field. And they the beat field. them on the field. They shouldn't even be ranked ahead. They being Alabama should not be ranked ahead of Tennessee. Thankfully, the college football playoff committee, in my mind, got it right. Yes. Who's going to win the Heisman? Now, that's the argument that people are going to discuss. That's a good. I thought Max Duggan might have won it with that drive uh, based on because of – Caleb Williams, but then you know people would say, "Listen, if Caleb Williams is a hundred percent, 
that's probably a different story there in Vegas. But he was not 100%, and that shows you even more how valuable he is. And it shows you even more how inept that Lincoln-Riley defense is when that mask of a quarterback play, right? Just happening again, just how different How many times have we seen that game? Yes. Yes, yes. Now, it's not always a loss. Right. But how many times have you seen a Lincoln-Riley-Oklahoma team jump out fast on offense and then bog down when the script is over and he can't figure it out? Yep. And then, of course, I mean, it was just poetic justice on that third and 19 that broke the game open. Who was there not just playing touch football but Latrell McCutcheon? <laughs> Move on, son. Did Go you tackle see the, somebody. the press conference? Yeah, somebody asked him if they teach him to strip and not tackle. And he didn't want to – he just laughed at the reporter. It Soft. was a legit defensive question about his defense, and, and he just – he thinks he's the smartest man in the room, and he doesn't have to answer questions. With three like losses. That. Question on the text line. Utah had three losses going into that game. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to Jim about all things college football playoff, the Heisman, uh, NFL from yesterday. Great game between Cincinnati and, and, uh, and Kansas City. Open store for Buffalo maybe to host the AFC title game if they can win out from here. Skinny on Sports coming back right here from the Sayre Golf Course on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Christmas parties can be so much fun if you have them at the right place. Where's your company Christmas party this year? Or your family Christmas party for that matter? It ought to be at the same place where folks have been having birthday parties, weddings, baby showers, even Thanksgiving dinner at the Banquet Room at the Sayre Golf Course. It's a really nice facility, and it's reasonably priced. If you need a nice place for a nice event, use the Sayre Golf Course Banquet Room. Four. Now to the actual golf part of the Sayre Golf Course. There's still time to get 9 or 18 holes in. The question is, can you actually find the fairway? Swinging away and just hoping for the best leads to triple-digit scores. If you want to test your ability to make golf shots, come over to Sayre. The layout of this course requires precision. Do you have that club, that secret weapon in your bag? It's technically called the Sayre Golf Course. Locals just call it Sayre National. It's in the city park on the south side of town. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal, hanging out at Sayre National, uh, the Sayre Golf Course here on a beautiful Monday morning. A group is over there on number seven, so we'll be seeing them right here at number eight green, uh, just outside, looking out to the south here at Sayre. Like, are uh, we going to do some play-by-play? We or? might. We Depending on who it is, uh, we, might <laughs> maybe, have to, maybe we, we might have to mute the mics if they come in uh, at the turn. Joining us now is the voice that you're going to hear. At 2 o'clock right here on these airwaves, it's the ultimate Jim Traber. Jim, how are you this morning? I'm good, fellas. You, I, you know, I just I thought if they're on number seven, that means they teed off pretty dang on early, <laughs> probably about 8 o'clock. And, and I thought, oh, what? man, they're crazy. And then I thought, Jim, you used to do this all the time. <laughs> I mean, I played golf in some of the most unbelievable weather ever. You know, and when I had a, a show that started at 2 o'clock, you know, we'd tee off at like 7.30 in the morning and – uh Gosh, I did it all the time, so I don't know if I miss this weather playing golf. So. But it's going to be a beautiful day today. So oh, that's, our, that's yeah, that's already yeah, sun shining. There's no, no wind. wind out there. It's probably 50 degrees, maybe. Uh, it's it's very comfortable. I've got shorts on this morning, and it's uh, very comfortable uh, out here. It's very nice shorts, nice moves, nice moves, solid moves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I played golf yesterday, and it started out pretty nice, and then once the 
the clouds rolled in. Yeah. Uh, it got cold. As a matter of fact, I might have got my kids sick because he was riding around with me uh, for some of it, and he didn't make it to school today. He's got fever, so that's probably not a great parenting nice, move. Nice job, Dad. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Dad. Maybe, maybe not the best parenting move of all time there. Way to, way to take care of your children. <laughs> uh, the college football playoff is set. Jim, are you surprised with uh, the way that things shook out uh, considering the results of the conference title games this weekend? I'm, re- I'm first of all, I'm really, really disgusted. I thought, I thought Georgia really got treated unfairly. I really did. I mean, Georgia's by far the best team. They're the defending national champion. Why is it that they have to beat both Ohio State and Michigan? I think that's ridiculous. I mean, let's face facts. is an amazing story, but they're the newcomer to the party. So I think TCU should be four. And you know, some will say, "Well, Jim, you want Ohio State and Michigan to play each other?" Yeah, sure. Why? Why not? I mean. I just think I think Georgia got the, the short end of the stick. I really do. TCU should have been four. Let Ohio State and Michigan. I think most people believe now TCU's wonderful, blah, blah, blah. By the way, I swept the board in college football. Uh, uh, we'll talk about that. But um, anyway, um, yeah, I thought Georgia got the raw end of the deal. I really did. I think Georgia should have to play TCU. And then after they smoked them, which I think they would have, then you play the winner of the other two teams, guys. So I, I just, I think it's a shame what they did to Georgia. It's almost like they want to give Georgia the hardest path. Well, I don't think it's going to matter because I think Georgia is by far the best team in the country. But I, I don't like what they did, guys. I don't like it at all. Yeah, it's interesting the the way that shook out because in the in the the zeal to avoid that play the, that rematch of the game we saw a couple of weeks ago. You're right. The, the number one team and who has been number one. Essentially all year, Bama might have started there, but as soon as Georgia got rolling, they took over that top spot. And for them to have to play what, for most of the year, was the number two team nation, yeah. it does seem pretty unfair when you look at it well, through, that, guys, through that lens. How about this, too? How about, think about this. Who has the worst loss? I mean, who, now, I, listen to me. Michigan's schedule <laughs> preseason was horrible, and not that the Big Ten is great, but, I mean, you know, it's, it's okay. The Big 12 was good this year. I'm not going to deny any of that. But who had the worst loss, Kansas State or Ohio State? You know, I mean, excuse me, or Michigan. Michigan's in number two. I would think that that's a much worse loss. So I just, I don't know. I, you know, what happened here was is that um, Ohio State got punished because they didn't play another game. That That's the truth. You know, um, uh, TCU played an extra game. But even though they lost it, it's at least, I guess, another data point, as they talked about. Uh, but uh, I don't know, man. If I'd have been in that room, I'd have been going crazy. I would have told them, so we're going to take the number one team and play against what we thought all year long were the two other best teams, right? Didn't we? I mean, everybody kind of thought that Michigan and Ohio State were like two and three. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, when they played each other, weren't they two and three? Yeah, we're. Yeah. Now, Michigan, listen, Michigan going into Ohio State, that's a great win. And the way the way TCU, it's a good argument. The way TCU lost, I mean, that's that was an impressive loss too. But I still think that Ohio State, I don't know. I, I unfortunately for me, I think that's a shame. I can't wait for the twelve team playoff because then we won't have to worry about any of this junk. Just put them in there and let them play. Yeah, from a from a viewing standpoint, though, I'm glad that it shook out this way because if Ohio State and Michigan played. I don't know if we get to see, depending on the result of that game, but at least this way, I think we get to see the two best teams play, and which is Georgia skinny. and Ohio State. Yeah, but skinny, skinny. 
why in the world would you want them to play in the semifinal? That's true, yeah. I mean, if Ohio State is the second-best team, and I don't know. I mean, hard for me to say that right now. They might be. But if they are, well, then let them play in the championship game. Isn't that where you want it? You know, there's been a couple of years, if you remember, that we people were saying, well, the semifinal is the two-best team. Remember, we, we that's happened before. Well, I, I don't want that. If you think – if if any first of all, if anybody thinks TCU is better than Ohio State, um, I'm sorry, I don't see it. Mm-hmm. Not that Ohio State's great, but I will give it up to TCU. I will. I mean, I, all year long I've been going against them. I finally was right. Not all. I I, three, I think three times I went against them and I was wrong, and then this time I was right. But yeah, I'm telling you, fellas, I just think it's a shame they did this to Georgia. Georgia is by far the best team in the country, and I don't think. I don't, I don't know. If, can anybody disagree with it? I think the only people that are disagreeing with it are people that are wearing maize and blue. Right. right. So, anyway, um, but, but I still think Georgia's going to run it. I still think they're going to beat whoever whoever they play. Ooh. And frankly, I mean, I know everybody's going to be cheering for TCU. Why Why is it that people have become around here like the SEC fans? <laughs> I'm cheering for TCU. Why? Why do you want TCU to win? I don't understand that. I think a big part of yeah, that well, you is guys Aaron, Aaron's wearing purple right I, now. I, well, I have a little jacket on. Well, um, both teams were purple, though, Jared. Both teams that's were right. purple. I, wearing yeah. the one. There was no way I could lose uh, with this jacket. I, I think around here, a big part of why people became TCU fans uh, this weekend was A, USC was in the hunt, and B, Alabama was in the hunt. And so uh, TCU was yeah. the way Wah. to keep them out. Just my, Wah, where I'm at. Alabama. Everybody like hates Alabama. Yeah, when are they going to catch a break? Yeah. What, uh, <laughs> no, were you disgusted yeah, like we me. were without with Nick Saban and his little press tour? No, I think Nick Saban said exactly what was true. Nick Saban said if we played against those other people, we would be the underdog and we would be the favorite. He's right. He'd be favored against everybody. The only team he would be favored against would, well, maybe I don't know. That's hard. maybe I'm wrong. I know. I know this. They would be favored against Tulane is favored against USC. <laughs> Tulane. What? So, if Alabama played TCU tomorrow on a neutral field, Alabama would be giving them probably four, four five, six points. I, I'm surprised at these lines. I thought the lines would be a little bit bigger. I don't know about you guys, but I thought the lines would be a little bit bigger. I'm telling you, if I, is Georgia still at seven? Is it moved? I, I don't thought know. I saw seven and a half. Look. Yeah, see, I, I'm telling you, fellas. If I would have been in Vegas, I'd have, I'd have gone to my savings account and I'd have gone to the window and been on Georgia minus seven. Sorry. I mean, I, Ohio State's not beating Georgia. If they do, it'll be a great, great win. But this Georgia team, fellas, they're rolling. I mean, they are the new Alabama. So soon, all you OU fans out there need to start hating <laughs> Georgia because Georgia is now these new Alabama. <laughs> what, uh, have you ever seen a play like we saw at the end of the first quarter in that SEC title game on that block field goal? Yeah, I watched so much high college and pro football. Remind me what happened. They blocked the, Georgia blocks the field goal. LSU runs off the field, and the guy looks over at the sideline oh, and, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, just yeah, ran yeah, it back. Yeah. I'm like, what in the yeah. world's going on? Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> yeah, nice. That's some smart football there by you know, LSU, wasn't it? Who's going to win the Heisman? None of it mattered because Georgia, that was just, I turned that game off. I mean, it, 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 it just, I had so much football. I mean, I had such a wonderful Friday night with my grandson. It was about as good as you could get. Stand on that couch, and you know, I don't know how hurt Caleb Williams is. I, I thought they were trying to do a Willis Reed, if you ask me. You know, like uh, he can't move; he's got a bad hamstring. Then he takes off and runs for like 15 yards. Which, by the way, I've had a lot of hamstring pulls, pretty bad ones. 
And I don't think you're running as hard as he did. But whatever. <laughs> whatever. You, I don't know if you noticed that Big Lincoln Riley, who's a lying jerk, uh, he, he said after the game, it's a significant injury. What do you know? Wait, wait, did you like? Did you take an MRI in the middle of the game? Um, they're just, oh, I can't stand them. But you know what? I'll tell you this, fellas. If Lincoln Riley were to stay coaching USC in the Pac-12, over the next five years, he'd go about 1-7 against Utah. Because you know why? Because Utah plays football a lot more like the Georgias and Alabamas in the world. You know what I'm saying? That is a bad, bad matchup for uh, for Lincoln Riley. And now the only difference is they play they usually play Utah tough because Utah doesn't have the talent that Georgia and Alabama have them. But that's going to be the fate of Lincoln Riley as long as he continues to throw Alex Grinch and those dudes out there and run the same defense. He's going to light people up on offense. Next year, fellas, they're going to average 45 points a game, mark it down, and the same things are going to happen. It's, uh, it's, it's what Lincoln Riley's destiny is. It's the way it is. Boy, the, I guess the internet... I read an article that was showing all these different tweets from people. My goodness, man. They were killing Lincoln Riley. And they weren't only killing him uh, as OU fans. There were people all over the country killing him, saying that this is what he is and everything. So um, Lincoln Riley better figure out to uh, play some defense at some point. I mean, how many times have we seen that game? Uh, just a replay of that game. Yep. Uh, you know, the Sugar Bowl – or I'm sorry, the Rose Bowl against Georgia comes to mind where the offense is just cranking – and all of a sudden, a couple adjustments are made. And he, it's like when, when things – for as good of a mind and, and as creative as he is, it feels like when the script is over, at the, he has a hard time kind of adjusting at times to what's going on on, on the, the way the defenses adjust to his, to, to his offense. Yeah, and um, I would feel – if I was head, if I the head coach against uh, – against Lincoln Riley, and I had a good team. I mean, I'm not talking about if you're, you know, Cal. If I have a good team and I'm and I'm getting ready to coach against Lincoln Riley, I'm telling my team, I'm saying, fellas, here's the deal. If we don't turn the ball over and we get three punts and a turnover, we're beating this team. And maybe even without the turnover. Because all you got to do is make them punt some. Mm-hmm. If they don't punt and they go down, I'm down the field, well, you're done. But if you make them punt like three times in a game and you're a good, solid team, you're beat them. That's the truth. Now, again, if you turn it over a couple of times, then, you know, that's a different story. So, uh, yeah, I I was so happy, fellas. It was very good. My grandson was falling asleep at the end of the game. I said, go to bed, big boy. It's over. <laughs> and uh, it was uh, it was really it was really good. And then, of course, I had that game. That was my lock of the week. And then the next day I had tennis. I had uh, Kansas State which was just a crazy game. And then I had Georgia. So I swept the board with my three. Like I'm, I've been so bad this year that I was happy that I made those picks and I got winners. Uh, my only loser was the commanders in a tie. What a joke that was. <laughs> so, yeah, I, uh, I'll end the year. I won't catch the fat jack, but I'll at least have a, a good solid year. Uh, a good solid last week. But um, I'll tell you, the Duggan kid, man, you got to give it up to him, huh? don't you guys? Is he going to win the Heisman? No, probably not. Probably should, but he's not gonna. Uh, I think Caleb Williams is gonna win it. I think there'll be some sympathy for him too with the hamstring thing. You know, they'll say, "Oh, well, he didn't have as good of a game because of his hamstring," which I'm sure there's some truth to. But Caleb Williams is gonna win it. I'm, I mean, I'd be I'd be surprised if he doesn't. Yeah, I, I think for 
for Duggan to have a chance, people would have had to hold on to their vote. Uh, and I just don't know how yeah. many had already voted going into the weekend uh, with the way that he performed. Uh, go ahead, Jerry. You had, a, you had an interesting question for Jim on the NFL. Oh, so you're, are you going to go to Vegas anytime soon? And can I send money with you to throw it down on the Cowboys? Oh, please. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I don't need to go to Vegas. I'll be your bookie. What do you want? <laughs> I'll take your bet. ESPN Athletics, are you seeing this? They're saying a 50% chance to get to the Super Bowl. you buying into that? No, I'm not buying into it. Look, fellas, they're good. Although last, yesterday, first of all, the Colts aren't any good. But, guys, it was 21-19 at the end of the third quarter. Yeah. Who scores 33 points in one quarter? You know, it was just a turnover festival. You know what, guys? You're going to want to listen to the beginning of the show today because I'm doing an owner general manager uh, a meeting with Matt Ravis uh, today on our fantasy team because <laughs> we lost, listen to this, we lost 133 or 135.36 to 135.08. Oh. And he had, listen to this, going into the game last night, the dude we were going against had the Dallas defense and the kicker, Mayor. We had um, Jonathan Taylor and CeeDee Lamb, and we lost because of those stupid turnovers with the Dallas Cowboys defense. Uh, just unbelievable. But, yeah, Matt Ravis, uh, he did not play Justin Fields. He played Geno Smith, which he got lucky because Geno Smith played more. And then, well, I'll give it away, but I was listening to the show, the Ravis Island show on sun- Sunday. I was driving and uh, some guy called in and said, "Who would you play? Would you play? Uh, uh, would you play Court, uh, Sutton, Courtland Sutton, or um, uh, the Boyd kid, Tyler, Tyler yeah. Boyd from Cincinnati?" And they said, "Oh, all three of them said we play Tyler Boyd." Well, we have Tyler Boyd and Courtland Sutton, and he played Sutton. So I think that he has so many different teams. I think he's slacking a little bit on my squad. <laughs> so we're gonna have a little GM meeting today that you're gonna like. <laughs> I uh, love it. Back, I love it. Back to your Cowboys. Look. If they go get Beckham, it'll be stupidity, okay? They're averaging more points than anybody in the last six games than anybody in the league, okay? All these people that said, I don't want that Prescott back, you have no idea what you're talking about, okay? They scored so many more points with him than they did with Cooper Rush. Mm-hmm. Um, but, fellas, if they run into a team that can run it right at them, I think they're in a little trouble. Oh, by the way, who can run it right at them? Philly and San Francisco, right? And I'm not saying anything here wrong. You know, both of you guys got your cowboy boxer shorts on today, I'm sure, because they're, they're, they're playing so well. But the two teams that they're going to go against do what they're not good at. Yep. So I think it could be a little bit of trouble. And, you know, Zach, when he gets pressed into it, he, he's not afraid to throw a stupid interception. So I'm not ready to go that far. And, yeah, I'll take your bet. I mean, whatever you want, I'll ask Julie. Julie's a banker, but I'll take your bet. Well, speaking of boxing, and this is my last question. I want to get your reaction. I'm wearing my Texas Rangers boxer shorts after after signing DeGrom. You think that's going to have an impact for uh, for Texas coming in the next season? Think they can maybe be contenders? And they got some pitching. Not, I mean, contenders healthy. in the West, not like overall. Right. If he's healthy, there's nobody better. I mean, that dude. Look at him. The last two games, last two years, he hasn't played full seasons. So I think his ERA is one point nine. One point nine. We miss era. He's healthy. The, the one good thing that can happen for you, Jared, is, is that he he might be able to bring some confidence to the other pitchers. You know, when you see a dude go out and pitch like that, 
you know, you can walk to him if you're smart, if you're a younger guy, and go, hey, let me come, show me how you throw that, uh, that split finger. Show me how you throw this. And talk to him and mentally prepare with him. That could make the pitching staff better. They, the Rangers are doing better. Yes, I think they can compete. Um, I mean, they're not going to play with the Astros, probably. But, you know, there's a wild card and stuff like that. So, the Grom definitely could help them. They got some other good young players that need to keep getting better. But, uh, yeah, that's a... Uh, that's an incredible signing. I know the, the people in New York are going to listen uh, that the Mets lost out on him. Crazy. Real quick, last one. What what are you uh, What are your thoughts on Deion Sanders to Colorado? Well, I think some people are going to be smoking a lot of weed up there because it's going to be fun. They're going to have a lot of they're gonna, all those students are going to be getting high every day because that's what they do up there. And um, I think I think it'll be fun, fellas. I do. I I can't wait to see what his recruiting class. I mean, you got a five star to go to Jackson State. Uh, you guys ever been up there to uh, to Boulder? It's beautiful. Yeah, it's you nice. Know? It's very, yeah, very so nice. So you bring in kids up there, and Deion Sanders is going to talk to them. I think that, well, first of all, they got nowhere to go up, right? Because it might be the worst team in the country. I mean, they're just an embarrassment right now. I don't expect it to happen right away. But uh, USC and UCLA leave, and now suddenly, two couple of years from now, I think Colorado might play with these people. So I think it's a, I think it's a great hire. I really do. I don't know why Auburn didn't do it, but, you know, Hugh Freeze is, is, is going to do a good job there, but I think it's a really good hire for Colorado. Yeah, it, it's it's out of the box, and I think that that's what they need right now because they've hired, you know, the same type of guys or, or whatever all these years, and it hasn't worked. So I, I'm interested to see it because he certainly brings uh, that that aspect of recruiting and and cool uh, to Colorado, and it's it, if it works at Jackson State, I don't see how it doesn't at least a little bit in Colorado. And Travis Hunter, the the number one player from a year ago, has already said he's coming with him. So uh, it, it's interesting. By the way, breaking news: your boy Baker Mayfield is getting released today. Oh, really? Yes. You yeah. know, Blaine just sent me a, a, a message, and he always sends me all the breaking news, and I couldn't look at it, but I that has to be it. So he's getting released. Though. Getting released, uh, according to Ian Rappaport, uh, it's going to happen today. So Well, there should be 10 teams that want it, right? I mean, come <laughs> on. Isn't he like, Jerry, didn't you think he was the best quarterback you've ever seen? <laughs> I don't think I ever said that. <laughs> I, I know you only won with him a couple of years ago. We do this a lot, Jerry. Uh, I may be old, but I know, I know, I know you love it. I know you love it. <laughs> uh, it's uh, the mind. Thanks for of, being on, Jim. The, the, the memory day. of an elephant. Yeah, we, we do. Have to, we'll, we'll let you go. I know you got some stuff you got to attend to here uh, coming up at, at ten o'clock. I go to a doctor. This woman who is a uh, podiatrist, kind of woman, and uh, she goes in there and she cuts up my nails and everything. It's wonderful, man. It really does. And I want to make people look at my feet because they are ugly. But she does a great job, so. I'm getting ready to go in there. They're so and they cut them up. It's nice. I need it. All right, man. Hey, thanks for joining That's us. How old uh, I, am, I, I can't. I cannot wait to hear uh, the uh, owner GM conversation with Matt Ravis at two o'clock. It's going to be appointment yeah, radio. It's going to be pretty good. By the way, great podcast coming out today. We got a couple of uh, all about Christmas and uh, the Julian Jim Cover podcast. Anybody wants to go anywhere? There are podcasts, but. Uh, it's a really good one today about uh, different things for Christmas, and you know we've been talking. I don't hear last week, fellas, but we've been uh, we, we've been talking a little bit about how you know when two people get together and they're when they're married, you bring different things. You bring baggage, you bring good stuff, you bring bad stuff, and it's really up to the one spouse to kind of you know accept some of it. Now, if there's something that's ridiculous, obviously you can you know get rid of it, but 
uh, it's really hard. You guys, you're two different people. So, and then you got families and all that stuff. So it's, uh, I think the, the podcasts here are really good. Getting ready for Christmas. Uh, I'm excited about it. Fantastic. Uh, Jim, have a great day, and we appreciate uh, your time here on a Monday morning. All right, fellas. Thanks a lot. You betcha. Uh, Jim Traber, the ultimate, joining us here for a couple of minutes on a Monday morning. Uh, we had a, that question on the on the text line. What do you think about Deion Sanders, Colorado? It's interesting um, because what, he's, what he did uh, at was it Jacksonville State, that's one thing in that conference. I think I've alluded to that before. Now he's stepping up to a, a, a bigger platform, so – Yes, he's going to attract some some star talent there. There, but the question is, when he goes up against, say, a, a Utah or Washington or, or USC, UCLA uh, for at least a couple years, um, can he coach? So, um, it's interesting. I'm I'm shocked that he took the Colorado job. You know, I I figured he would either a hold out until Florida State opens again, or b head down to Florida to uh, somewhere down there. Or stay, or maybe even an SEC gig, but it's interesting. Now, it, I still have a lot of questions about. I'm, I'm not trying to rip on Dion's coaching ability, but I just don't think we know how, how good of a coach he can be. So I want to see that, and you know. But I mean, it definitely makes Colorado better. You know, yeah. I, he's getting he's going to get the players. The what do you call it? The the Louis Vuitton <laughs> luggage <laughs> is coming with them. Yeah, that's the 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 interesting part. Maybe you want to be the guy that follows Dion at Colorado. Yeah. If you can keep those guys there, uh, if, if it doesn't work out. Travis Hunter, as I mentioned, the number one player in the recruiting rankings from a year ago, uh, has already said he's headed there. A 2025 four-star receiver. I just saw that uh, come up on, on Twitter that he has committed to Colorado. Uh, you know, that's that's a couple years down the line and, and be able to keep, on, keep a hold of him. But that's uh, – uh, there's no doubt that he's been able to get guys to come. You know, he's his, his son's the quarterback. I just don't uh, – great point on the text line. It doesn't take much to get Colorado better. That's right. I mean, they got nowhere to yeah, go. Yeah, that's, uh, that's true. How how high he can reach is is what's remained to be seen. I, I just I, – I kind of like you. It's one thing to – you can almost recruit well enough to where your coaching doesn't matter at Jackson State, right? Mm -hmm. But it's a little bit different playing field uh, at Colorado uh, in that in the Pac-12. As you mentioned, USC, UCLA be there one year, but you still got uh, Utah to mess with. You still got Oregon and Washington, at least at this point, right. uh, to be able. Right about to, Oregon, you, you, yeah. know, you think about those teams that are that are already so far ahead of where Colorado is right now. Uh, so. It's it's a heck of an experiment. I'll, I'll say that, and nothing. I guess nothing would surprise me. Would it? Would it just shock you if Colorado becomes kind of a a juggernaut for just like a flash in the pan? No, it wouldn't me either because you because I think he's going to get a bunch of good guys to go there. Yeah, I mean, but would it also shock you if it was just a complete disaster? That's what I'm saying. No, that's why I kind of wait and see. No, but that's a good point. It, how bad could it get? I mean, what, look where they are. I mean, he can't hardly get worse. The only Colorado problem is, right is, you know, he's already there and he's generating the excitement. Will that transfer into money? Will the boosters pony up the sure. dough? You know, like, hey, 
you know, this is Colorado. We're not – we haven't been relevant in years. And you're wanting me to sign a check for a guy that coached at Jacksonville State? Well uh, – You know what I mean? To get these kids here? I it, it That – let's see if they can, I don't know, fulfill NIL promises. Well, he's got the barstool money behind him. Mm-hmm. We know that from Travis Hunter. That's true. That's true. So he's he's got that. Um, and, and I wonder uh, – I, I know what you're saying as far as we haven't been relevant. What's the point? But I also wonder if that doesn't work the other way. Like we haven't been relevant. And by gosh, I'm, we're going to yeah. do something about it. I, I just don't know what the, what the temperature is of the, Here's the, thing. the people with money. If it works – to any level of success, if it works, then I don't think that just opens up his opportunity to go to Florida State. You can see other larger market schools go, hey, you did that with what you had at Colorado. Why don't you come to the L.A. market? Why don't you come over here down to the U, the Miami? Why don't you, you know, stuff. We got unlimited funds for you. And that's, you fit here, man. That's that's the one thing about Colorado. I mean, Denver. It's, but it didn't he seem like more of a big city flash type, I mean, like Arizona State? Yeah, uh, you know, one of those right. uh, bigger yeah. bigger cities. Absolutely. So this is a it's an interesting move. It is interesting uh, to for him to go to Colorado. I cannot wait to see what. Oh, happens. I'm anxious. I, yeah, I, I cannot I'm, wait. I'm anxious. Listening to his inter- did you hear him at, at the press Talking conference? The players? Yeah. Basically, I mean, almost essentially said, you guys can, uh, yeah, you, you can go on. <laughs> <We're> yeah. gonna, <laughs> we, we, don't worry about it. We got it. Yeah. We'll, we'll be bringing in these other guys, you know, type of thing. That was, it was really, uh, I don't know that he endeared himself to a bunch of those guys. The, the, the uh, portal may be wide open going out, at least at Colorado yep. uh, early on. There's a guy. They made the, they've made nine holes. I guess we got to. They've made it. They've made it through I'm, the front nine. I'm looking for. Uh, Not a whole bunch of clothes on. I mean, it's, <laughs> uh, it's a nice day out there. All right, that'll do it. Uh, Skinny on Sports right here from Sarah National, the Sarah Golf Course. Uh, we'll be here all through the month of December as well. I know that they're going to have the uh, winter scramble starting. I don't know if they decided if they're going to do it before Christmas or if it'll be starting after. Um, those are a lot of fun, and it gives you a chance on a Saturday afternoon get out of the house, come swing the sticks a little bit. So uh, just a lot of things going on here at Sayre. Stop by. It's a great day. Come play golf. This has been the Skinny on Sports on a Monday morning from Sayre, 98.1 FM Sports Hour. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way. You know the only thing better than watching the game? It's watching the game with your friends. It's game night, so you head to your favorite spot. The game's on all the huge TVs. Several people you know are already there, and they've come for the same reason. It's game night, and the game's on all the huge TVs in the room. A lot of the men are there with their wives. Everyone's having a great time, eating, drinking, laughing, and, of course, yelling at the refs. The bartender's great, too. She seems to know what the regulars want, before they even order. Maybe we shouldn't tell anybody about this little jewel in Sayre so it doesn't get too crowded. It'll be our little secret. Ah, why not? Let's risk it. It's the sports bar at what's technically known as the Sayre Golf Course. The locals call it Sayre National. It's in the park on the south side of town. 
So don't watch the game at home alone tonight. Go where there's food, drinks, and huge TVs. The game's a lot more fun if you'll watch it with friends.